drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown, Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back. Man, it's about midnight. The first round literally just ended. And I'm happy to say I got the Big Hughes and Griffk on the line tonight. Fellas, what's going on? What's happening? It's nice to be here. (laughs) Well, uh, we've been waiting for this day. Draft's been coming. We've been prepping. We've been talking. Me and Grifka have been arguing. Um, the pick's been made. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to break it down, give our opinions, kind of uh, work this thing through. Rounds two and three uh, tomorrow, and then uh, four through seven over the weekend. So uh, plenty of draft to go. I- I'm sure we're going to have some heated moments in this podcast. But before we get to the fellas and talk all about it, um, we're going to go ahead and kick it to our sponsor, Anchor Podcast, for a second. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, we're back. So for the sake of not losing our whole audience here in the beginning, I'm going to do the what I think is right, and I'm going to kick it to the big Hughes to uh, give us his opinion, hopefully talk us down, hopefully uh, give us some optimism here as the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, and uh, talk about the number eight selection by the Detroit Lions, TJ Hawkinson. Hughes, I know this wasn't really a pick you wanted, but uh, give us your initial thoughts, what you think now, where we're headed with this thing. Well, let me tell you something, brother. I might not have enjoyed the pick <laughs> to start off with, but the blood runs deep for the Hawkamania. <laughs> oh, yeah, I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's, uh, you know, going back to the moment of when the pick was made, the anticipation was there, and then it's just like TJ. And like, oh, <laughs> Just one of those right. things, right? But you know what? Realistically, I've had two and a half hours to kind of digest it and think about it. Um, you know, maybe at the end of the day, we're going to kick ourselves for not taking Ed Oliver, but realistically, we know this team needed weapons and they got a weapon today and a position that they needed. Um, I think Hawk's going to be good. He's a good fit for the offense. Uh, Bevel had uh, a plethora of tight ends when he was in Seattle. So I think just at the end of the day, it was the, the smart pick to make. And you know what? I'll give it a B, a B plus. Okay, some instant reacts there. Hey, Grifka, do you need any ice for your lip that you probably just bit right there? <laughs> okay. No, oh, I mean, reasonable mind. Oh, wait, hold on. Defer, I get the, the bell was out of reach. I, I know I'm going to need the bell here for your uh, retort. So um, for those of you that know Grifka, you pretty much know the take. And those that don't like it, you might want to get the earbuds out. Grifka, I turn it over to you. The number eight pick, a tight end. Uh, you've talked about this. We've heard you. Um, go ahead, and I will have the bell ready and uh, cut you off if needed. Go ahead, sir. It uh, it fills a position. <laughs> I'm sorry. Of need. Go ahead. 
it fills a position of need. There you go. I mean, it's like, what else can I say? I mean, like you said, we've kicked this dead horse a million times, and they just go take another tight end. It's like, fine, whatever. You you think he's one of the top five players, and yes, and I've had some Twitter discussions as well with people, and I've actually some people are like, oh, you're one of those guys, or like, go root for somebody else. Fine, whatever. Go root for another team. Fine. It's like that. That's why the Lions are the Lions because people that say go root for somebody else, you guys are happy with mediocrity. Fine, whatever. You live with it. I mean, whatever. You, you, you got a tight end in the first round and in, in the top ten. You know, number eight. That from everybody saying like they got some great offers for him. And like, no, we're gonna stand pat and get this tight end. So, okay, go ahead. Okay, you got a tight end. You, you filled the position in need. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, that's a that's a bell for the congratulations. Is that all you got, Griff Guy? I've been waiting to argue with you for hours. That's all you got? Oh, I'll I'll wait for you. I'll I'll wait for your for for your sunshine and rainbows on this guy about how his bust is going to be in Canton five years right after he retires, and then we can we can discuss. That was just my quick take. Okay, so that's all you got. Is pretty much what you're saying. <laughs> right now. All right, Hughes. Is it okay if I go? Yeah, let them have it. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, I want to say off the top that, you know, I've defended this pick in the past. It it was not my first choice. But with all that being said, I'm going to tell Grifka why this pick makes a lot of sense and why it's a pick for our Detroit Lions. So you should actually, like, think about it, use a brain rather than just say, oh, it's a tight end. I hate it. Oh, it's a first round tight end. Who does that? Well, you got to look at the players. So we we needed uh, we needed a blocking and catching type tight end. We got that. We got a guy at basically no money. I looked up his contract. Like we have him for what five years at you know maybe twelve million bucks, something like that, with a little bit of a signing bonus. Like so, the contract's right. I mean, the guy's young. He was a redshirt sophomore. Um. I, I just think he's such a safe pick. And, like, if you ever listen to Bucky Brooks and DJ, they always say to win in the draft, you hit doubles. To me, this is a double-type pick. This guy's n- never going to be a, a world beater, but he's also never going to be in the police blotter. He's never going to, you know, let your team down. He's going to be solid across the board. I mean, they probably thought they couldn't find a guy like this in any other avenue free agency, trade, whatever it may be. You're getting a 21-year-old meat and potatoes tight end that can catch the football. I mean, you saw those highlights in the block game. He's just taking people and, as we like to say, put them in the ground. Uh, you got to love that. We haven't had one a person like that forever. And what I'm waiting for you, Grifka, is to, like, talk about this player. You say you've seen him. You just say, oh, it's a luxury pick. Like, do you look at the player whatsoever or you just you just see that he has a TE at the end of his name and you just quit on him? Because I, when you actually look at the player and then what I've always said is wait till he plays football the season and he's just a, a part-time guy that makes a few catches here or there. Yeah, you can rag on it and then you can say, see, I told you so. But before this guy plays any downs, for you just to hate it because of the position he plays, I think it's ridiculous. So I I would have went with Ed Oliver. I said that on Twitter. You know, I didn't really want a tight end, but I can see why they wanted one. And now he's just got to go out and play football, make plays, move chains, score touchdowns. And uh, 
you know, he's got sticky hands, all that type of stuff. So I'm going to support it because it's my football team and it, it is a position they sort of had to fill. Now we're pretty deep with different types of tight ends. And now we got to work the, what, the next six rounds, the next eight, nine picks we have. Plenty of time to fill corners, defensive players, hideouts, whatever you want to do after that. So I'm, that's what I got for you. Okay. Well, just to retort on your first, your one point that you said that he's never going to be a world beater. Okay. I, I can live with you're never going to be a world beater in the 20s. I can't live with you're never going to be a world beater in the eight, at eight. These are supposed to be your stud guys. This is a top 10 pick. And to say, like, you watch him once again. Yes, I saw him more than just a couple games. I mean, he played in Big Ten, so I, I don't wait for people to tell me this guy's good and then go look at their videos. I, I see some of our games on Saturday. It you happens. Are. So I just don't wait for some talking head on the NFL oh, Network yeah, yeah. or Mel Kuyper, like you always use for me, to say, like, this guy's good. Go look at him. No, I, see, I, I watch their games as well. So when you're like, oh, look at him block all these guys. Yeah, I saw those highlights too. I was beating up the defensive end from Indiana and how he whooped up on the guy from Illinois. So, okay. I mean, I know you've picked on me for like saying stuff like, oh, like he beat up on this crap team or look where he played. Okay, he's playing, he's playing against the dregs of the Big Ten. They showed us highlights. Okay, cool. I got that. He can block against Indiana and Illinois. Cool. I got oh, it. Goodness. Anyways, so when you're like, did you, what, did you look at the guy? And I, I retorted back to you at one point. When do – you're like, look at the guy, how he fits his team. And I said, well, look at all those other tight ends that they just showed on the NFL Network, how there was like one guy who had a decent career, Vernon Davis, that they picked in the top 10. So I guess my question to you would be like, are you saying like when those teams drafted, when the Jets drafted Kyle Brady and the Cleveland Browns drafted Kellen Winslow and um, the Oakland Raiders took Ricky Dudley, oh, come and, on. Well, the Lions took Eric Ebron, are you saying those tight ends didn't fit their need in the top 10? Or they didn't fit their offense is what, is what you're trying Rico, to tell what me? I'm trying to tell you is I don't give a crap about Dudley or the other 10 names you, you named off. I care about – I care about – It's TJ. a trend, though. These guys do trend? not – All I'm saying is, like, a tight end does oh. not live up to your stud position in, in, in the top 10. Oh, it just doesn't happen. God. These are supposed to be your game changers. Your tight end that you're only going to use half the time, you know, is it's, – he's not going to be your game changer. I mean, they're on there saying he's not even Gronkowski. Oh, they had Gronkowski. He knows what it is with tight ends Gronkowski. And people are like, well, he's not Gronkowski. Okay, so he's not Gronkowski. So why are you taking this guy in the top ten? I'm not saying he, he, I mean, he won't be a decent player. He'll be a fine player, maybe in the league for a number of years. But is he going to be your game changer? I guess my question to you is, not if he's a rookie. Let's say <laughs> he starts to get in the prime of his career, his fourth, fifth year. What type of stats are you looking for this guy? You always say, like, if he puts up numbers, it doesn't matter where he's taken or what position, if he delivers. What type of stats are you looking for out of this tight end, taken at the number eight position? <laughs> Touchdowns, yards, catches. What are you looking for? Okay, Just can I talk? Part. What would make it R worthwhile? Use... Yeah, because I'm giving yeah, you time to think I, I of a number. I don't need any time. Think Griff, of your I numbers. I answered 10 minutes ago. Hughes, do you, do you, do you want to say okay, anything go ahead. before I light Grifka up? No, go ahead. I'll, I'll take the seconds. Okay. Hey, hey, Grifka. So you named off all these scrub tight ends that didn't work out. And you also said your, your top eight is supposed to be your studs. 
aren't you the guy that always tells me their prospects until they do something? So last time I checked, just because you're picked in the top eight doesn't make you a pro bowler. Secondly, aren't you the guy that always says, well, stats, I don't care about stats. It's about wins. It's about this, that, and the other. Like, I could care less what this guy's stat line is if he's moving chains, scoring touchdowns, if Matt Stafford has a connection with him, if he doesn't, I don't know, drop the football like your boy Eric Ebron. Like, I think we're going to be pretty happy with that type of football player considering the last time I checked too, our team's not empty. We have a really good defense already. Yeah, we can add to it, but we have a good up-and-coming defense, and we have playmakers on the outside a good running back, and a quarterback that's under contract. So what did you need if you were going to add offensively? The big gaping hole was a a dual-type tight end and a slot receiver. So they took the dual-type tight end. So you want numbers? I don't care about numbers. TJ Hawkinson, again, is is a mean potatoes fill for this team that hopefully is going to bring us Ws, hopefully bring us playoff wins, and hopefully be part of a team that's going to do more than just win one game in the playoffs to go farther. That's what I hope for. So, so you would be fine if you got what two catches, fifteen yards a game. Did we win? Are we going to the playoffs? Are we maybe getting closer to our ultimate goal? Who cares what kind of catches he has? And he's going to be a much better ball player than that. So he's not going to be a two catch, fifteen yard guy. You know that. No, that's why I was asking. G- give me some numbers that you'd be like. Well, so as long as we get a W, right. we could have zero catches. For you know. But right. as long as we get the W, it's cool then. So that's all you're yes. saying then. Yes, because that's he's going to maul saying. people in the run game. He's going to do all types of other stuff. And all we ever care about is wins. All types of other stuff? What's all types of other stuff if he's not if he doesn't have any catches? He's, he's only black. What, what do you think the chances are he's going to have these long stretches of no catches? That's not going to happen, man. That's you, that's you, that's you I, being negative. I just posed the question. You said he's going to be doing all types of other stuff. I go, if he gets zero catches, then he's not doing Hughes, anything else. Hughes, go yeah, ahead. I'm done. I'm done with this guy. Well, here, I mean, here, here's the thing. I mean, Grifka, you're, you're fascinated with the stats, but, like, realistically, the NFL now is a scheme fit, right? So if this guy's, you know, getting coverage by other guys and opening the middle of the field for other people, who cares how many catches he gets? And realistically, what kind of stats were you expecting from if they would have took Ed Oliver? He's already going to be a, a rotational player with hand, uh, snacks, uh, Aishon. So what would you expect from him? Five sacks? Is that worth the number eight overall pick? I don't think so. And I've said all along that I think Ed Oliver is going to be a bust because he's, he's in it for the money. <laughs> no, no, he's, I, he's, not, I, he's not an Aaron Donald type of player. You were going to get that at number eight. If, if they would have took Hawkinson over Josh Allen, I would be right with you on this one, Grifka. But realistically, they took Hawkinson over Ed Oliver and Brian Burns. So at the end of the day, you look at those three players and who's going to have a better effect on their team at the end of the year, my vote goes to Hawkinson. And the other thing, Grifka, before you jump back in, like name another player in this draft that's like Hawkinson-like. It's not like there was uh, three more of these guys. He was really the only guy that could – be a beast in the block game, help your offensive line, catch the football, add to the offense, and I'm sure they they feel they can get defense later. I mean, you saw, what, there was one or two corners that went off the board? We can easily get a corner in the second, and that was our plan all along. Hey, We can easily get defenders later. It was just it was just one corner, and I'll tell you which one corner wasn't drafted in the first round. <laughs> Who's that? Your boy from Temple. <laughs> yeah, Grifka, what about that? Rocky Sin, still on the board. Woo! Well, yeah, so is your boy, Byron Murphy, who you had him going exactly. like in the top 15. 
you know, your boy, Mr. Byron Murphy, you saw some tape after and, some And my boy DK, good. and that's so, fine because they'll go to good situations and they'll be good. But I just prayed uh, and hoped that uh, Rocky Sin wouldn't go because I, I would hear that forever from you. So. Yeah. So, but anyways, you, you want to hear some stats? We don't want to hear You're stats. You're looking at a tight end to go in the first round. No, no, go ahead. No, you, no, no I said. You want some stats now? No. You said, I'm fascinated fascinated with stats. You're looking at somebody, like I said, a game changer. You're looking for stud. They're trying to use this baby Gronk or whatever like that. Gronk threw up some stats, man. And we're talking like, you know, a bunch of catches were almost 1,000 yards, you know, 10, 10, 12 touchdowns. He would throw – I mean, yeah, he was injured later, but when he was in his prime, this guy was putting up double-digit touchdowns. That's what you would be looking for. Oh, my. If you're looking for a guy who's going to get you three, five touchdowns, 500 yards, you can get that position. You can get that tight end. Grifka, the other thing that I want to bring up earlier, we're going to compare him to the Gronks, the Kelseys, all that. Yeah, those guys went later. If you redraft, where do they go? Probably top 15, maybe even top 10 for a Gronk when he's putting up those kind of numbers. And and I said I don't care about numbers. I didn't say. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly what? You're right. They go later. You can get those guys later. You can get those guys later. You just said it yourself. So why would why would you do that? And to say, like, Ed Oliver is just going to be a rotational, you're right. If you can continually put guys in there that are really, really good, and there's not too much of a uh, – there's not, there's not that major drastic step down when the backup guys come in. So you want to use number, you use the number, one, number eight that, pick on that a guy that pays defense. 25 cents? So if, if, no, you don't. You don't want you don't want to add your fourth defensive tackle to a to a position you've put all these resources in in the last couple of years. Best case best case scenario. Right. So when Ed Oliver comes into his prime, snacks will be going out the door. So the only thing, the only th- I, I guess I'm I'm, I'm missing this because because when snacks out the door in a couple of years, we'll still have Ed Oliver on that rookie contract and he'll be. Cheap. I like that. But, but like, my thing with Ed Oliver was if he wasn't a scheme fit for Matt Pat and them, then, you know, I could have seen why they passed. I mean, that's the guy I would have taken based on what I knew. Again, I don't know. I didn't interview the guy. I don't know what their plan is on defense or do they want to re-sign Sean? I don't know. Do they want to extend snacks? I don't know. That's going to play into it. But like you say, when you really think about it, too, I mean – Hawkinson, he can be a three-down guy, but also you got Jesse James and Mike, Big Mike. So, so you went from having no tight ends last year, which we know hurt us on offense, to now maybe having three guys that can not only pretty much do block and catch, but but you can mix them up. You can you can run double tights. You can probably even run a three-tight set if you want to get crazy out there. I mean, it really opens you up across the board. And I, I got to go back to my point. Like, Grifka, I said – these guys go later, but then they end up being studs. So if you redrafted, you take them high. So what's the difference? Like if we take him at eight, he balls out and does put up your stats that you want. Like you would say, okay, it was a top 10 pick, right? So if you get him in the third round and he balls out, it'd be the same thing. If you redraft, like the value is different, but you can't assume that you can wait and find these gems. But when they turn out to be gems, nobody, uh, nobody looks back and says, man, Gronk was a, uh, a really value good pick in the second round. Like, what'd you wait to the second round for? So that's what I'm saying is that like the production there matters, but I already gave you the point. Like if he doesn't put up huge stats and we win, I'm happy. If he goes out and puts out those stats you want of a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns, 
Well, there you go. Then you're happy, I guess. But I want W's, man, first and foremost. And like I say, this wasn't my favorite pick. But again, you got to find reasons that it makes sense for this Detroit Lions football team, not the Grifka imaginary. I wouldn't draft the tight end ever just because and not the uh, like you said, I was talking to Hughes before the draft and he was like, man, I'd rather have a receiver than a tight end. I'd rather have a, you know, Brian Burns than a tight end, you know, but here we are. The Detroit Lions, our Detroit Lions wanted a tight end and they took one. They took the best multifaceted guy. And and there it is. Okay. Like I said, we, we can kick this dead horse all we want. I just I don't find the value of tight ends in, in the first round, especially the early first round. No matter you know, with the rookie wage scale now, blah blah blah, all that. There I mean those top ten should be your game changers. They should be your they should be your stud game changers. And if you're getting a guy to come in to you know, be drafted eight to get you two or three catches for fifteen to twenty <laughs> yards, you know, five touchdowns in one year, you can grab that ten, you can grab that tight okay, end anywhere. Hold on. I know we're gonna it's late, we're gonna close down the show here in a minute, but we can't I can't I won't speak for Hughes. I can't let you get away with that. I don't know why you're putting this two catches fifteen yards or this uh Oh, you know, uh, it's not going to be worth the value. This guy's never played a down for our team. Like, uh, yeah, you got to project forward, but you're the only one saying that at this point. Like, there's plenty of other people out there that would hate the pick, and there's a lot of other people out there, too, that would say, this guy was the top tight end in this draft, at a, and the Lions felt and needed a tight end, and they took one. Like, let's see what he does. I mean, that's going to be the true measure. Now, I'm giving you credit for looking forward, but why you're acting like he's going to play half the downs and catch three footballs, I don't know. I mean, what gives you that inclination, just because you hate tight ends? No, I'm just saying that just on past Past history of what? I'm not talking lines. I'm talking, like, league-wide because everybody's looking for that matchup nightmare tight end, and they just they don't come along, and, you know, like I said, you know, they're trying to get baby Gronk, and he's not Gronk. He's not as fast. He's not as big. He's not as strong. Yeah, we saw him maul, maul you know, Indiana, Illinois guys and stuff like that. And But, yeah, he's 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 just he's not as fast. He's not as big. So to, to say he's going to be a matchup nightmare, yeah, he catches the ball. Okay, I got that. But uh, to say that, uh, you know, he's going to be like some matchup nightmare all of a sudden, he's, he's he, he runs a 4-7. I mean, linebackers what can did, keep up with that. What did so. Gronk know? And he's, what did Gronk he's, run, he's not as big, so. Not right off the top of my I, head. I'm I don't have right in front of me. I'd be Gronk was uh, much lower or higher than a 4.7. I bet you he's right in that range. What's Hawkinson? 6.5, 250, 260. I mean, to me, that's similar size. He moves better. I mean,. Well, they said it on NFL Network. He wasn't as big and as strong as Kronk, but that's—I guess—they don't know crap. They only—they—they hey, the they don't because so. they had Rock hey, going in the first round. You know. I mean, honestly, nobody in the Lions organization is drafting him and saying, "Oh, we drafted him because we want Baby Grok." No, that's coming from the talking heads that you always talk crap about, Grifka. So, on one hand, you're saying that they don't know what they're talking about. On the other hand, you're using all their language, like real, like realistically. And this is no offense to you, but this is to all the the Meyer department store Detroit Lions fans out there who instantly see that they drafted a tight end and they're saying, Oh no, it's a tight end. It's Eric Ebron jr. I hope, I hope Hawk wears number 85 just to shut everybody up because realistically (laughs) he's an actually a good football player. Martin Mayhew missed on Eric Ebron. Everybody else would have done the same thing at the time, but you know what? 
Hawkinson's not Eric Ebron. He's not Kyle Brady. He's not all those other guys that you listed. He's a different tight end in a different year with a different team. So if you want to keep calling him Baby Gronk like the rest of the NFL network, fine. But the Lions didn't draft him. No, you. Are, I'm not calling him Baby but, Gronk. But who are that's they? That's what they're saying. And that that's your positive. That's your positive spin on him. That everybody's like they're they're, they're going to use him like a baby Gronk. Okay, that's that's the no, NFL's that's the positive, spin positive spin. Why the spin, Lions not anybody him. associated with the actual team. So if you want to listen to what the media says and follow them, that's fine. They all they also had Rock going in the first round of mock drafts, and we saw how that worked out. So re, like realistically, it's not it's not about what the well, media thinks or NFL Network thinks. If if the if Bob Quinn says that this is our guy, he's going to fit our scheme the best and give us the best chance to win, then you know what? As a Lions fan, you trust Bob Quinn because that's what he's there to do. No matter what we think or what we say, is going to change who they pick. And we could be like the rest of the, the Meyer Lions fans and just see that it's a tight end, go to the store, get our, our little jerseys, and boo, 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 boo. But you know what, realistically, who cares? Who cares what other people think? And, and the big difference, like I didn't want to bring up Ebron, but like when Ebron was coming out, the big, the big knock was he's immature. He doesn't have a good head on his shoulders. He thinks he's the greatest gift at tight end. Yeah, he's big and athletic. Yeah, he made some plays at North Carolina, but he doesn't have the mentality to play in the NFL level. I completely remember that. You can totally go back and pull that up. That was the huge knock on him. Uh, where is he going to go because he's not a mature player? To me, Hawk's the total opposite. And this guy, he's just down to earth. He, he's nothing but football. I already listened to his press conference. Every answer was, I can't wait to get in the playbook. All I want to do is contribute to the team. Uh, you know, I had a great uh, sit down with these guys. I really, I, I dissect the tight end's position. He said he watches all the top guys. He knew all the names, said, I'm going to take a little bit from everybody's game. I mean, did you ever hear Eric Ebron say that? Or did you hear him say, man, I'm the greatest ever before he ever walked in the door. So it's a total different player, different mentality. And I want to hit one other quick thing before we kind of pitch it back to you and close it up. Like, I asked about his speed in comparison to Gronk, and you went right back to, well, they say he's not as big and as strong. I don't need a guy that's bigger and stronger than Gronk. I need a guy that can move better. I need a guy that can be just as good in the block game. And I need a guy that can put the ball in the paint, score touchdowns, get first downs, which the Lions have been terrible at on those third and shorts, third and mediums. And then I need a guy that's going to be a great, like, dependable football player to a team that's already got some structure to it. And yes, still needs maybe a couple blue chippers, but you know, I don't see this being one of those. We look back in five years and go, Oh, you know, total miss. This is going to be a good football player that I think we can count on for a while. It was safe, but like you say, there were bigger swings that could have been taken, but it was a safe pick. And I think, and everybody is going to like him if they not only give him a chance, but let see his game. His game is going to be a lot different than Pettigrew, Ebron, and some of the other guys you see out in that aren't doing so well. Grifko, we pitch it back to you for one more big swing by you if you want, and then we'll uh, about maybe what to look forward to moving forward in this draft and get out of here. Well, I just – Always contest that. I just don't find the value of the pick that uh, of certain positions in the first round. And tight end just happens to be one of those positions. You can find those good players that you're going to use later in the draft. I mean, you always tell you can find those diamonds in the rough later in the draft. You know, we had a slight discussion on that on, on the Wednesday show. But uh, to, to take the guy eight at tight end, if, you're, if you just want him there to help you with wins, okay. 
you know, like I said, I just don't find the value of certain positions in the first round, tight end being one of them. Uh, once tight end, they just they generally don't live up to the uh, the, the status of first round, you know, early first round material. Like I said, I named off some some names, and but uh, I feel the top ten guys those should be your game changers, and I just don't feel tight ends are game changers. I know that's the way the every saying the league is heading, so that just means defenses coaches are going to scheme to stop them. So uh, it's just one of those things. I just don't I just don't find the value of certain positions, and tight end is one of them in the first round. So, Griff, guy, one quick comeback for you. I don't have any more energy to argue with you or try to justify it, but you keep going to the tight ends aren't worth the value. Tight ends don't take that high. Tight ends. I mean, do you ever look at the actual player and say, well, normally tight ends aren't, but maybe this type of player is, or is there just no player that you've ever seen in a draft at the tight end position that would be worth a top 10, 15, top 8 pick? Never. That's what I want to know because it comes down to the player, not the overall position. Like you can weigh it a certain way. Like, hey, I weigh defensive end over this, but sometimes you just look at the board and you say this guy is a a good football player that 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 breaks the rule. I mean, this guy either can't fit in that, or do you ever do that, or is it just positional? Yeah, I'll look at the players, and like you said, I would I could live with more of a tight end later in the first round you know, somewhere in the twenties. And I believe I've said that on a previous show, ding the bell. Um, so, uh, but like I said, top 10, they just, uh, you know, from past history and the way I look at it, I don't feel that they live up to the status of being a game changer that a top 10 pick should be. That's just how I feel about it. Okay. And final question. So, yeah, I do. I do value defensive ends, defensive tackles, left tackles, cornerbacks, um, some weak outside linebackers. I, I value those picks. Quarterbacks, still, you know, uh, higher than I would a tight end. Yes. Okay, but those are blanket positions. It pretty much depends. I'm sure you wouldn't take certain linebackers over uh, a certain position just because they're a linebacker. Yeah, it depends on the player. My final question to you is: Where would T.J. Hawkinson? Where would he be valued to Mike Grifka? I want to get this on, on just so I know. Where would I have drafted him if he would have fallen? If he was like, like I said, somewhere in the early twenties, the Lions had they traded down. You know, depending, I would love to hear some of these offers that people keep saying that the Lions were offered to trade back, and they said no, they were going to stay on Pat. But uh, you know, somewhere like in the early twenties, like twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, like okay. I could, I could, I could swallow I a tight end a little more. Okay, I got you. I, uh, I the only thing I'll say to the trade down is is obviously that's where I like to go. I like to accumulate picks, Griffith. You know why? Because they're cheap, and uh, because you can get a lot of great lottery tickets and football players. But the uh, the only thing I'd say is why they don't trade down is this was a one type of guy. You're not going to get, you know, a chase. You know, in the third round, that's going to be as good as Hawk. You're not going to get Noah Fant. He's a totally different football player. Irv Smith, short, to- totally different pass catcher type. So yeah, you can trade back. But if this is the guy they felt kind of helped and complete their offense, you don't trade down because when he goes, there's not another player like him in this draft or normally. You know, there's usually not these dual guys that can run fast, catch, and block really well and like to block. So, anyway, I'm uh, I'm out of steam. Uh, Hughes, you got anything else on this? Uh, are we good? No, I'm ready to move on and talk about round two and three. 
<laughs> All right, yeah, let's do that real quick before we get out of here. So I kind of had a – it wasn't really a a mock. Like me and Hughes did a mock. Hughes, did I beat you in that mock contest we had? Oh, I don't know. I haven't checked yet. <laughs> yeah, I think I edged you out, buddy, because the end of the round, and there were some crazy names coming off that I don't think any of us had in our, our mock drafts. But what I did, too, is I had a board which was just 64 boxes. And so I just put players kind of in order, but also just – you know, where I thought they would fall. And, uh, man, I mean, just on my first round board, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, six, eight, ten. I got 11 guys that I kind of feel are first round values that are still on the board. I mean, crazy. Juwan Taylor didn't even go. He was projected top five, top seven for a long time in this process. I mean, I don't think the Lions need him, but, uh, what are you guys thinking? I mean, I got some names on my short list too of Lions targets, but what are you thinking with, okay, we've added the tight end. You could scratch that off the list. Um, where where were you looking for rounds two and three tomorrow? Uh, okay, I'll go. Geez, you can start. All right. Uh, I think the, the way that the round one shook out with only one cornerback going is there is a ton of cornerbacks available in round two. Um, mm-hmm. I'm licking my chops just looking at the list. I mean, Murphy's still on the board. Uh, Greedy Williams, your boy from Penn State. Uh, mm-hmm. David Long, Justin Lane, Julian Love. Uh, that one guy from Temple that Grifka likes. Uh, <laughs> Rocky Sand. The one guy from the one guy from Central that I like. So there's there's uh, some, yeah, yeah. yeah there's some there's <laughs> guys available. Um, I have a, I have a feeling that in the in the top part of round two we're gonna see a lot of corners and probably a lot of wide receivers flying off the board. Yeah, I I agree with that. Grifka, what do you got? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll keep it short. I, I feel the same way. I think there's gonna be that skill position where. Uh, it's just going to be a huge run. So he mentioned a, a number of cornerbacks. A lot of those guys could come off the board really early, even before it gets to Detroit. So I, I do believe Detroit needs to go cornerback, though, at that point. And, of course, if my boys there rock, I would be more than happy if they took him. <laughs> now, here, here's my problem. Again, Grifka, I hate, to, I hate to pick on you, but what you said there at the end like really frustrates me where you just said, you know, uh, I think I'll go cornerback in the second round. Like my whole thing with the draft is Hughes named off a bunch of good corners. He named a few positions, but the whole thing about the draft is sort of, which again, the lions sometimes don't do the best at is just letting the board fall to you. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into tomorrow saying, Oh man, I'm, I'm taking a corner in round two because who knows by f- time 43 rolls around, maybe there's a run on corners or maybe there's a better player at a different position that I want. So I mean, I wouldn't just peg it positionally, but on my board here, I put edge, tight end, interior lineman, linebacker, corner, and wide out were kind of my team needs, so I scratched off tight end. I mean, I'm still looking for edges if there's one. Remember, Hughes, like when we're doing our mocks, like if you don't get an edge in round one or two, mm-hmm. like it's real real rough after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's talked about the linebackers once the Devons are gone. Mm-hmm. Unless they want a coverage guy like Mac Wilson, you know, it's going to be tough to find a linebacker, but – I mean, there's some interior uh, linemen if they want to fill the the, uh, the other TJ um, spot. If they want to take an interior lineman, I think that's that's an option. I mean, I would be shocked if they went tight end receiver. But, again, there's some big names. I mean, I, A.J. Brown didn't go in round one. That kind of surprised me. Like I said, D.K. thought he would go. But, uh, you know, he's going to have to be in the right situation, I guess. Akeem Butler, I know Grifka, you and Chuck had talked about him as a big time receiver that's calvin's boy though so i'm sure he won't be coming to detroit i mean let me look at my my lions targets real quick so 
the only guys I had left that were kind of first round values for me on my short list of Lions guys, Murphy, Metcalf, Greedy. Um, and then we get into round two. Like I know I've heard they love Debo. Uh, Awari is a guy I always liked. What about Chase Winovich, man? You, you mm-hmm. want that edge rusher that we didn't get at, at, at number uh, eight. What about Chase? If either then, or if he slipped to the third, like a heck of a hustler football player. Um, you know, Eric McCoy is an interior lineman that I had heard that they had some really a uh, couple people mocked to them that they really liked. He's on my short list. And then you got the Paris Campbells, you know, uh, Amenahue. He's a, he's an interior rusher if you want to go with something like that. So those are kind of the names I got on, on, on my short list. But, man, it's crazy. I think there's so much talent out there. Like, I'm going to be sitting there in the fourth round, I think, licking my chops with 10 guys who can help this team. You know, on my short list, I think the way this thing's shaking down because uh, there were some crazy names. I know we don't have time to get into it all, but that first round, man, there was probably at least seven, eight names where I just said, huh? Like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I thought some of the picks were crazy, but like I say, we're not in the rooms. Just, we're not, we don't know all the other teams' needs, but I think there's definitely some players that slipped that are going to make tomorrow really, really interesting. Yeah, and I think some of the interior offensive linemen, too, are going to slip even further with the fact that um, only one receiver or two receivers in one corner were taken off the board. So, you know, you you had mentioned McCoy. There's a guy, too, that I like, Connor McGovern from Penn State, Juice Malia from Oklahoma. I think those are some guys that you can plug in from day one. But, you know, we always give Grifka crap about, you know, value picks, and I'm not one that likes to take interior offensive line that high because I still think you can get a pretty solid guy in round three. Um so even Chase Winovich, I do like uh, Christian Miller too. The end from Alabama. Um, so there's definitely some guys. Zach Allen's still out there. I think he's a good player. So it'll be interesting to see. But I, I definitely, definitely think we'll be able to get a couple good guys here tomorrow. Hey, and what about this for a crazy idea? Like, what if Jawan Taylor is there at 43? Would you take him, put him at right tackle, and slide in Ricky Wagner? And there you go. Like, I mean. Juwan Taylor's a big, nasty beast, you know, that had top 15 type pedigree. I mean, mm-hmm. if he continues to fall, like, I'd think about it. Or Grifka's favorite, he'd probably love to get Juwan Taylor and just boot Ricky Wagner because you hate Ricky Wagner, right, Grifka? It's paid an awful lot. <laughs> yeah, I know you want to get rid of that contract. It is a lot of money, but, uh, you know, that's something to consider. Like, the way things, if they continue to fall, you might be able to shift around pieces. I mean, I know we don't like taking a right tackle to get rid of a right tackle, but mm-hmm. I mean, if he's a better football player, that's something to consider. So, Even a guy, I think, surprisingly, like Cody Ford, still on the board. A lot of people thought he'd be a mid-first round pick. You can play tackle, exactly, and you can play guard too. That's a great name to bring up. Like he, uh, I, I don't know again exactly what they're looking for, but I, I can't remember if he played on the left or the right side. I'd love to plug a guy in at TJ's spot that's always been a right guard. You know what I mean? Rather mm-hmm. than trying to fit somebody in there. But... Well, he's definitely got a guard body. I mean, he dude six foot yeah. four, three hundred forty six pounds. So, <laughs> right. But they but they love guys that can move and that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'd have to see. I think because he played at Oklahoma, they had that crazy offense. So maybe he can. You know, I'm sure he can kind of move and, and play that that up-tempo game, but they like guys that can pull and, you know, but I'm sure his anchor and he could be good in the – so I'd watch is those, those mid to upper first rounders if they get to 43 that maybe Bob Quinn just 
ghost value because like you said you named off about six seven corners that i think we can wait on at this point mm-hmm. um, you know lots of good running backs what did one running back went i mean if they want to get it back in the third round i think that's much more plausible now than it was if a couple would a few would have went so <sighs> should be interesting man I, like tomorrow is really my favorite day to be honest rounds two and three um, i think that's just the sweet spot of most drafts where you're getting Real good players, better values. The contracts are just unbelievable at that point. You're not totally throwing darts at a wall, but you're uh, you got lots of good to pick from. And like I say, they make no money and just really good football players. So uh, does that sound like a plan to you, Grifka, or uh, other than corner, any like positions you'd like to get off the docket or any players that really catch your eye? Well. Like you said, I mean, one guy I kind of like if we if the Lions don't end up with a corner in the second round. I don't know if he may be there in the third round. He's not rated as high as some of the other ones. That's a Trayvon Mullen out of Clemson. You mm-hmm. might be able to get him at corner in the third round. But cornerback's one of those spots. Like, those usually have, you know, you have your steps like you do with most positions. And cornerback this year seems to be one of those, once there's a drop-off, there's a big drop-off. So, and Trayvon Mullen might be one of those where they get, you know, second or third round. So that might be a guy I might be interested in also. Um, I was thinking about Chase Winovich, then you brought him up. I like Chase Winovich. I kind of, I believe I compare myself to like somebody like a Sam Hubbard from Ohio State that was taken, uh, was it last year? I always thought Chase Winovich was, he's got a good mortar and I think he'd be a great, you know, locker room guy. I, I don't know how that translates to the pros. I think he may have been a, a little bit of a product of the defensive line at Michigan and the defense they ran. So um, I'm not saying he's, he wouldn't work hard in the pros and he might play with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. But um, I always thought Sam Hubbard from Ohio State was kind of the same way. They just had such a great defensive line that you couldn't block everybody. And I, and I believe Chase Winovich has a little bit of that as well. So that might be a guy if they got him in the second. I don't know. If I'd be like, eh, I, I could see him more of a third round guy, but um, just a couple names there. Yeah. So uh, like you say, um, you know, we had some fun battling it out, you know, there's going to be lots of different opinions, lots of negative people tomorrow. Just like I say, because it was a tight end, because it was the name. A lot of people have heard for months, you know, when it's predictable and it's not everybody's favorite, I think it's going to be kind of a negative pick and you know from from the public but like i say i think we gotta both spin it forward and uh like you say uh project it but also see how he plays i mean if he comes out and has a great year next year puts all this to bed if he comes out and struggles you know he's gonna have to climb that mountain to get over the fan uh hump with the fans but uh tj hawkinson's the pick at number eight um, fills the tight end need and, and seems to have some multi, what do they like to say, versatile game as, as Matt Patton and Bob Quinn like. So um, let's go ahead and, and close this up. Uh, one cool thing that did happen is uh, the Kool-Aid drinkers have been using that DKC listener line. So I think we got uh, um, some calls in tonight. I'll try to see if I can package those up, maybe put that on the end of this podcast or maybe for tomorrow. But uh, we'll definitely get those guys on uh, the show. Those should be fun and interesting to listen to. But uh you know, Hughes, you got anything else? No, nah, man, all good. Good first round, man. Best day of the year. <laughs> all right. And as we always end it, Griff, you got anything else for the people? Uh, Nope. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for jumping on, you know, 1230 uh, or later, 1245-ish now. We better get out of here. But we wanted to give the people some instant feedback and battle it out a little bit. Uh, can't wait till tomorrow, rounds two and three. Check us right back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. 
Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.